The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question. And this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. I am so excited about today's guest. I have Dr. Sherry Ellen here, who has had one wild ride, and she has so many lessons to share with us. She is a psychologist and certified high-performance coach. She's had, she has over 20 years of helping people change their personal and professional lives. She recently sold her million-dollar private practice to transition into this new entrepreneurial journey uh, that she's going to tell us all about. And big success like that, I think we can all agree, does not come without its share of struggles and lessons along the way. So, Sherry, I think just to start off, what I would love is if you could just take us back a little bit into that old life and share a little bit about some of the struggles that you've shared with me, uh, and then we can get into some of the lessons afterwards. But if you could just kind of paint that picture for us of what life was like for you, uh, a little bit of your backstory would be amazing. Absolutely. So, um, so a little bit about, about my backstory, which is what um, led me to start a practice, is um, I was a psychologist in the military for a period of time, and um, and I it was amazing training, amazing opportunity, experience. But I knew it wasn't kind of my long term thing. My husband and I had just started having kids, and and so um, I was pregnant with my fourth child. And um, decided this was the time, for whatever reason, <laughs> this was the time to exit the military and start a private practice. It just seemed like the most natural and obvious thing to do. And so, um, being about seven months pregnant, I opened my doors of the practice and started seeing clients. And um, and you know that was really the start of that kind of period of my life. Um, within about a first year, I had hired another therapist as an employee to join me. Um, and then within the next year after that, I had hired about three more and then it just kind of snowballed from there as far as the size and the scope that we were, we were able to do in our community. So wonderful. Uh, and so then, um, we've had a little bit, obviously a personal time together and you shared, uh, some, some hard lessons, I think, uh, with some really profound messages that we can all relate to. So do you want to just kind of transition us through that pathway as you get to where you are now? Sure, absolutely. So about seven years into the practice, um, things were continuing to, to scale and to build. Um, it was exciting because I, through that process, I realized how much I am uh, wired to to, to create and to build things. And I'm just kind of very creative. So it was super fun. Um, and so I, you know, I read all the books about how do you scale and how do you delegate and all of that stuff. And so I was like, this is my time. I get to do this. Um, so I, um, hired um, kind of my first major play, um, who was a clinical director. I mean, I had hired a lot of people, but they were all therapists. And I was still their direct, um, boss and that stuff. And so I hired a clinical director 
she had a lot of experience as far as um, in the business um, as a, she was a clinician herself. And, and so I was like, awesome, sweet. I, you know, she's in place. I can just, you know, throw all the stuff at her and then I can go, you know, continue to do the stuff that I love to do, like to build and network some more. Um, and so that's what I did for, you know, the eight or nine months. But in that eight or nine months, what I didn't realize because I didn't kind of delegate well was that there was a lot of things happening under the surface that I was completely unaware of. Um, and so that was kind of my first delegating mistake. And then I had another, um, uh, a gal that I had hired to be an office, um, office manager, um, and do billing and that sort of thing. And, um, there was a couple people that had left in the billing department. And so she had taken, I had given her responsibility to do kind of some of the grunt work or the daily work rather than just the management work. And she totally fell on her face in that. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why, but at the end of the day for me, I, again, did not delegate well. I did not have enough checks and balances. And so I ended up in this position where a lot of people were leaving the practice and it wasn't necessarily because of me, but it was because of me. <laughs> it wasn't because anything of I did, it's because of the things I didn't do. And um, so I was totally confused and it was, um, it really was hard to manage because it seemed like at that point, the ball was rolling downhill and there really wasn't anything I could do about it. I tried, I absolutely tried my best to fix things and to, to smooth things over and to try to make things right. Um, but it just wasn't quote unquote enough. Um, and so it, it was a very tumultuous time, both, you know, with the business, having to manage some of these relationships with employees that were unhappy with what was going on. I would try to fix the situation, but it wouldn't be enough. And then I felt like, you know, that I wasn't a good enough boss and, you know, that I wasn't worth, uh, worthy of kind of running a business. And so it really challenged um, both my business acumen and skills, but also just as a human being. And, um, you know, people felt like certain, you know, I, I would get wind of somebody feeling like I wasn't um, being honest or something like, or they couldn't trust me in a certain situation. And which was so hard to hear because, I mean, that is to the core of who I am. I am an open book and I do everything out of, uh, you know, intentional integrity. And so, but you know, when you own a business, you can't, you can't just share all the nitty gritty details because then I feel like I'm throwing somebody else under the bus. And so, so it was a very, very difficult place to be in and feeling like my, my character was being and so here you are you're a mom of four yes. you have all the pressures of being kind of the lead in your business and there are the day-to-day -day practices and there are the kind of tangible parts of running a business but then we can't avoid bringing our heart and our soul and all of ourselves into it and it's very difficult to separate the success of a business from how successful we feel as an individual. And right. so can you share a little bit about how you managed to come out the other side of that? Because I think so many of us can relate to um, our results being a direct reflection of our worth or our capabilities as yeah. opposed to just an outcome at one point in time. And so how did you manage to 
come out from the pressure and the stress of all that uh, whole and complete and be able to move forward to create another, you know, success, very successful business? Um, so I, you know, I would say what, there was a lot of realizations that happened kind of in the middle of it when things felt for, for me emotionally, when they felt the most chaotic and oppressive. Um, it was realizing that, I mean, I had stopped a lot of self-care um, at the point where I was feeling the best and the business was going well. Um, I was running marathons and um, really enjoying that. And, um, but I had stopped you know, my own physical activity. Um, I was not eating well. Uh, usually most of us at, you know, when we're stressed out, we either go on one of two ways. We either binge eat and, you know, to comfort, or we don't have an appetite. I fall on the side of binging. So, (laughs) um, I had been eating to, you know, just eating unhealthily and, um, and up, you know, when things are going well, we don't, I think it's easy to, to realize or to, to forget that we really need a lot of support because things are going well and, you know, everybody's just naturally supporting us. And so, so what ended up happening is that when things kind of started to crumble, um, I realized, I mean, my husband has always been a super amount of support, but I didn't really have people in the industry that I could really talk to and commiserate with or to get advice from. Um, and so I ended up getting that, but it wasn't until, you know, I recognized there was a need. So it's, it's really a, you know, my epiphany through this whole process, part of it was really that uh, affirming that perspective that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And I was at the point where I was trying to cure things now, (laughs) trying to cure cancer rather than, you know, preventing it. Um, And so the support, the self-care, I made some financial mistakes. Uh, When I hired my clinical director, I thought I had the right income and I probably did at the time. But again, you know, I mean, as I was reflecting on all of this, the, the, the theme was I didn't have enough checks and balances to, so when I made some changes and made some, you know, different direction, directional shifts, um, I didn't pay close enough attention to what was happening on the, on the broad scale. And so financially, um, we had some months then after I hired her because she was a, a cost, she didn't. I didn't have her really seeing any clients at the beginning. So, you know, it was an $80,000 hit about maybe a little bit more than that. And so there were some months where I was like, we didn't quite have enough to cover everything. So I got a line of credit out from the bank, which they were more than happy to give me given, you know, the amount of revenue that flowed through our doors. Um, And so that became too easy to just kind of dip into that. And the months that, you know, we weren't quite meeting the needs and, Um, so, so, you know, that was a huge lesson learned and had to kind of clean that up after everything was said and done. Um, you know, and, and knowing that you don't quite have enough money to handle the expenses is a huge emotional burden. Mm -hmm. And suffocating when month after month, you know, it's coming, uh, it's coming for you, uh, regardless of how, uh, how things are going. Um, so do you want to just bring us to, you know, the, how that how that all came to an end um just a little bit about how you let that go and what that was like for you yeah so part of my um part of my emotional work on on kind of the fallout of of what was happening was um it was really around wanting to make sure that i not just did the right thing 
um, in each of kind of these individual situations that, you know, made the culmination of what was going on, but, um, but that I did it out of the right intent. Um, and so that very much is tied to my, my uh, religious and spiritual beliefs um, and my relationship to God. And so I did a lot of, of conversation with my pastor um, around, you know, theology and around uh, how do I live out my beliefs in practical ways? Because, you know, you hear a church, this and that, but, you know, when you are really in the, in the pit of it, and it's, I mean, it, it just changes the perspective. And I started to really be like, you know, what, what can I, what should I be doing? And, and the, the single biggest um, issue that I had that question around was I ended up hiring a therapist um, a year prior to kind of all of this starting who was really good on paper. Like he had a ton of experience. He had written a book. He, he interviewed well um, by all intents and purposes, but there was something about him that just didn't set right with me, but I ignored that and I hired him anyway. <laughs> um, and he ended up, since were, um, the majority of people in my field would say was unethical, even though he tried to rationalize it. Um, so I ended up having to fire him kind of just after a situation immediately. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> what do I do? Do I just move on and put it behind me because that would feel the best? Um, you know, just be done with him, wash my hands of him and not have to worry about it anymore. Um, but I also felt this nagging um, obligation or responsibility to that. Like, I can't let this loose cannon run around with, unchecked. And so I filed a complaint to the board um, in our state. And, um, and that's, you know, that's what I felt. I knew that my responsibility was, you know, it's not my responsibility to to do anything more than just use the, use the system and use the process. And so, but through that process, he then retaliated and sued me and, um, just, and, and uh, out of everything, I feel like that's probably, was probably almost as equally, um, emotionally draining, um, knowing that he was making some allegations that were just ludicrous and, but I couldn't really do anything about it other than defend myself. And so, so a lot of my um, trying to figure out how do I how do I be and show integrity in this moment? How do I not retaliate out of anger? How do I um, how do I not let my heart get hardened through this whole process? Was I think probably the biggest thing. So through the yeah through all of this, I would say that that question of how do I not how do I not let my heart get hardened through all of this. Um, these people, quote unquote, screwing me over, you know, <laughs> or, you know, making their own bad decisions that that impact me. Um, and then because I didn't want to come out the other side being, you know, being cynical, being angry, being, you know, just that's not that's not how I live my best life. And I, I didn't want that. And, um, so, and how, so, yeah, how would you say from there? you were able to get any vision or insight into what was going to be next. How, yeah, I think we can all find ourselves at times where we know we can't go on the way that things are. Yeah. And we know that it's time for change, but we can often feel stuck there because we don't know where to go. Was this something you always knew you were wanting to transition into or how did you ground yourself well enough 
to find a new path, carve it, and then follow it? I think that's really an important question. Um, And so I think there's a few things that played into that. One is prior to all of this craziness, um, I had already kind of started doing some leadership coaching um, and, and I had already found that that was something that really energized me. So I knew that that existed. Um, but because of the practice, I really wasn't able to give the time and attention to that as I, as I wanted. I kept on getting sucked back into the kind of the chaos to, to, to fix it. Um, but one of the things, I guess the epiphanies that I really had, and I don't know that I would say this should be a universal principle, <laughs> but it really, really fit for me is as all of this stuff was going on, I often had the thought of, I just want to close the doors or I just want to give up. I just want to, you know, just throw the towel in and stop this madness. But I felt like I would be giving up and I'm not somebody that gives up. Like I'm a fighter. Like I don't, you know, I, it just, that didn't fit with me, but yet I kept on thinking that and I'm like, but I can't do this forever. And so there just came, there came a point though, where I, I was able to have this shift that I could see a vision of, of what I would be moving towards. And it really, you know, the, the leadership stuff, the coaching, the working with entrepreneurs, which I had done, but I wasn't really sure what that would look like. You know, I was, I had discovered um, a certification in coaching that once I got more info in that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like such a fit with who I am, my values, how I live my life. Um, and so I was able to get clarity, a little bit of clarity on what the future could be. And so I no longer, I realize I'm no longer running from what my current situation is. I am now running towards something else. And when I recognized that I wasn't closing the doors out of fear, but rather I was closing the doors because I was being faithful to where I was being led, that made all the difference. It's been so much you know, good nuggets in here. I think if we step back just a little, the importance of self-care on your journey and how it's often the first thing to go and we are taking the best care of ourselves when we are at our peak. And I think those two things are very closely correlated and it's no coincidence that that's the first thing to go when things aren't aren't going uh, as well as we would like. Then also seeking support, you you know you found a therapist. Whether it ended up being the perfect situation, but just the insight to say, okay, I need some help here. Um, if it's not, I'm not getting the results. I'm not having um, the feelings or the success that I'm looking for to seek some support. Um, following your gut, I think, is another great lesson that you know, we <laughs> yes. all, in hindsight, it's always 2020. We all right? have to be like, God, I knew in the pit of my stomach something yeah. didn't seem right here, and yet I didn't speak up and I didn't act accordingly. We can literally feel ourselves getting swept with the current, knowing that it's not the right thing for us, or for sure, spidey senses going yes. off in a big way. Um, and then to find what energizes you when you were at this place of knowing what needs to be next. I think oftentimes we can think, if only I knew what was next for me, if only I knew what it was to do. And I think to ask yourself the question, what energizes me? What is it that fills me up and leaves me bigger when I'm thinking about it, doing it, 
uh, then that's a really good marker, a really good uh, starting point. Um, and then the most beautiful um, line of really grounding yourself and that you're not running from something, rather you're running towards something. And I think so many of us can focus on what it is we're leaving behind because we've yet to create what we're running toward. And so just a really beautiful way to serve that up for us in that if you find what you're running toward, the leaving and letting go won't be as painful or traumatic as we can sometimes let ourselves sink into. Uh, and so thank you so, so much. This has been just a, a wealth of knowledge. And uh, I mean, thank you for being someone who's just willing to share your story and your journey because um, none of it's perfect for any of us. And the more we shine a spotlight on what the ups and downs in the roller coaster life actually looks like, um, the more freedom it gives the rest of us to say, okay, I'm not so alone and I got this. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's my pleasure to share it. I've always kind of looked at my life as if it, if it can help somebody else, well, then that's awesome. <laughs> and I would say that, you know, the one word that underpins uh, my journey and what I know is important in these kinds of things is courage. Um, you have to have courage. And every day, some of the days, it was just courage to go to work and show up and face the people that didn't understand, that were angry, that made assumptions and all of those things. And, and I didn't have a clear path of exactly what my future was going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, I had an, an idea, a shape, you know, uh, a dark shape of, you know, what it could be. And so it really was a huge act of courage and faith to, you know, to, to make that shift. And I, I see that as the necessary component in, in these kinds of situations. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, in every area of life, nothing great comes without some courage displayed at some point. So thank you for highlighting that. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about where we can find you and learn a little bit more about you. Absolutely. So what I'm doing now, which is so much fun, um, is I have a, a coaching practice um, based on high performance coaching. Um, it's, its name is Titan Elite Coaching, but you can find me at the myentrepreneurialife.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, um, Dr. Sherry Flewellen, or you can also find Titan Elite Coaching on Facebook. Um, but I, I get to, I mean, my, my ideal uh, person that I, you know, I get to work with is our entrepreneurs, um, and especially married entrepreneurs. I really have a heart for that. Both my husband and I are entrepreneurs. Um, you know, we both have had those crazy up and downs. Like I get it. Um, it is so incredibly challenging being entrepreneur. It's so incredibly challenging being married well, but then you put the two together and I have yet to find a really good place for married entrepreneurs to get fed, um, on both of those sides at the same time. And so, so that's my journey. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And such a beautiful um, conversion between entrepreneurship and uh, marriage. My husband and I are both entrepreneurs. And so it definitely adds a whole new layer of complexity. Thank you again. Uh, I look forward to staying in touch. And for everyone who's listening, that wraps this episode and we will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.